Good morning, and welcome to Chatman and Robin. I'm Max Peterson, and I'm Bert. And we had well, we missed a week. We, did. we missed a week, but there we was suck. We're the worst. No, there was a good reason. If we didn't miss that week, it was going to be a, just a. It would have been a nightmarish episode. Um, Bird got very ill. Do we want to say? Um, I had the shits. Oh my god, it yeah. was more than the shits. It was the shits and from the, both ends. It was yeah, it was geysers from both ends. It was bad. It was like food poisoning, um, based on my experience with food poisoning. But it was um. Oh. But it was it was different than food poisoning. At the same time, it was like it was horrendous. Um, yeah, it was. What was it? It was like a twenty four hour stomach bug. It didn't last long, but it wiped you the love. I the was fuck just. Out. I was so tired afterwards and so sore. Yeah. Do you think that had to do sore? You had hit the gym really hard right before that happened. But it was but also like joints. Like sore. joint sore. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um. <clears throat> it was bad. So we we kind of just locked down. And for, my stomach just was weird for the next like almost the rest four of the days. Week, yeah. Really. So there was like 24 hours where you called off work. Did I have the day off? I had the day off because I took care of you um, on your... I didn't even call off of work. I went to work and I was like not feeling great, mm. but I was like, I'm just going to power through it. You know, but you made I, like an I hour, stayed for like an hour hours, yeah. and then I came home. Yeah, it was bad. Like, and bird. like almost immediately threw up. So, <laughs> so it's a good thing. We went to, re- we were going to record a Chapman and Robin. We were all set to go on time. And that was the day Bird got sick. And after that, we just like, it was just survival mode for about a week, I think. <laughs> um, we just, we did what we, we did what we could and we just kept our heads above water. But she's feeling better now. Um, I didn't catch whatever she got, fingers crossed. So, what we went. Normally, this podcast used to be like mostly us talking about um, the like fun, geeky, nerdy um, pop culture that we were absorbing, and we finally absorbed some pop culture. <laughs> we went and saw uh, we went and saw Rogue One today. Yes. Okay. What did you think? Your, I mean, okay. your Facebook post was five stars. So, I mean, this I figured this is what we'll talk about most on this episode. Um, I guess I should one. start with I went in with very low expectations. Really? Why? Yeah, because this I didn't really know anything about it. Um, it wasn't. It didn't really have any of the main players that we knew. It wasn't the main plot line, really. Uh-huh. It was sort of like a side story. Right. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really know anything about it. Um, I wasn't really seeing a lot about it in um, social media at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't recognize any of the actors, so it was like just a lot of. Well, we secretly knew one of the actors, but we didn't find oh, out until right. the very end. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, unknown plot, basically unknown care um, actors. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's kind of a crapshoot for me, right? When um, they do like an offshoot story of something that I really like, there will be major spoilers it's... ahead. Um, and spoiler on Bird's opinion, you gave it five stars. I did on Facebook. I did. Okay, I but really so did. keep going. So I just went in spoiler, with zero, spoiler, mm-hmm. zero expectations. Um, uh, the only thing that I really was thinking, like, I mean, I I knew kind of what the story was, um, but I was like, oh, there's another female lead in it Mm -hmm. that's very cool we now have two new star wars films with with female character yeah female kicking ass taking names Mm -hmm. um yeah i loved it um looking back at i think there are you know 
it's really not one of those in-depth type films. It really was just sort of like an action-y installment type film. It's interesting that you say that. I'll talk about what I thought in a second, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I guess what I mean by that is like you don't really get... Um, Um, you're just you're with the these characters for such a short period of time. Right. It's it takes place in what a matter of days, maybe two days, three days. Yeah, thereabouts. Um, probably there's a, there's a couple time jumps. The movie itself is on the long side. It's like two hours and I want to say two hours and fifteen minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but but it's not like you're getting like a lot of backstory about these characters and they're not doing like long emotional journeys and that sort of thing. Um, My biggest com- um okay, I also give this movie 5 stars. I thought it was excellent. I I'm, I can't I won't give it like 5 out of 5. I'll give it like 4.5 out of 5. Um cuz there were points in the movie where I got like emotional remembering mm-hmm. The Force Awakens. Like I was watching the movie and I was like, oh my god, and my like my heart soared and I got a little teary. And I realized it wasn't the movie I was watching. I was thinking about scenes from The Force Awakens and how much I loved that movie. Um, the thing for me though with this movie was it. This movie starts really, really slow and extremely convoluted for like the first I, almost. I spent 20 a lot minutes. of the movie feeling very lost for like twenty minutes. You're just like there. You get like two minute scenes and then you're getting a new setting all new set of characters basically it would be like you know like yavin uh rebel controlled moon and you're like okay here we go and then you get like a minute and a half of scene and then it would cut and it would be like uh Siracus, moon controlled by the empire and then like a different scene with all different people right. totally unrelated right. to the one previous would happen that happened like five or six times for like the first 20 minutes it's just all over the board very mm-hmm. very slow mm-hmm. kind of convoluted start but i definitely felt like this was made more for fans of the book series it, than yeah. um the comics the film the people. comics this felt i i've I said this about the force awakens and i think it applies more to this film this felt like the dark horse comics like tons of tangential characters no main characters lots of alien races worlds starships that we haven't seen before plot yeah, lines was so i really loved the new all ships of were the new aliens cool. the new ships the new planet landscapes and stuff like that, that was it was good to see y wings actually get fucking used <laughs> that was amazing i used to that was used to be my favorite um star wars micro machine was well uh, the millennium falcon of course was number one but y wings were the second i love y wings i wanted to see some more anyway there's there's other ships I felt they could have used more of too since this is set in the the timeline of the original mm-hmm. the original it should be the same ships as the first three episodes right. four five and six um anyway I, that was my one criticism was that it felt slow in the beginning it was so convoluted I couldn't grab onto anything and I felt kind of like afloat and not really engaged this movie picks up like. At the 25, 30 minute mark, from that point out, this movie like nails it. Point for point it's, for point. You're, it's, just, you're running. Constantly. Oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's basically it does, when Forrest Whitaker dies. After Forrest Whitaker is dead, I'm fine. I, the rest of the movie is great. <laughs> um, and even though it, you don't really go on that emotional journey with the characters, I definitely was emotionally invested and almost cried a couple of times like i got deary maybe four or five times bird says almost cried i cried there were (laughs) there were three moments in this movie where i like actually cried the first one was when um again spoiler spoiler spoilers 
um, was when Mad Mads Mikkelsen died, and he says, "I have there's so much I have to tell you," and then yeah. dies right after that line. I was like, "Oh my god!" It was such good, like such a good moment. It was just amazing. Um, there, some of the humor that they tried to, a lot of the humor yeah. felt shoehorned in. It really, it really didn't hit for me. And there yeah. were some things that they did where I was like, "Ooh." The Vader line Why was fucking they... awful. Try not to choke on your ambition. Oh my god, ambassador. I looked over at you. I know you did, did you and you were me? like, ooh. I was like, what the fuck? Thumbs up, though. James Earl Jones <laughs> comes back to voice Darth Vader. That was amazing. That was one of the moments where I got a little, like, not teary, because like, oh, this is so emotional. But I was like, holy shit, that's James Earl Jones doing Vader. I, so fucking cool. I didn't cool. think it was him. But it wasn't because the voice didn't sound like him. The um, Their processing of it. The, the like, effect that they or used. Or, like, the pacing of his his dialogue the way it was it wasn't, delivered yeah. was different it wasn't as like slow and sort of stern slow and, and stepped back, i would say like know? slow yeah 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 and 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 crushed too vader's original dialogue he very rarely raises his voice in the first three it's a lot of like uh you have failed me for the last time and it just stays low 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 in this one he was like oh yes really blah 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 it's felt more mm-hmm. conversational and it did do, vader doesn't there was just so much dialogue there too like yeah. i think they could have done with less to be honest yeah vader should have been i mean he was not in much of the movie but he could have been even yeah, more peripheral one scene yeah I wish they would have. I don't know. His costume felt a little off to me too. It looked like there was a, something about the cowl. Yeah, there was I a kept weird. Looking at the neck, it looked like a Halloween version it of Vader's so costume. I, they should have just gone with an exact replica of a New Hope. They should have done the New Hope costume since the, at they the end of the movie ju- they must still have the original. They can just pull it out of storage. I will say this though. Vader fucking up those rebel soldiers at the very end of the movie. Oh, that was yes. like one of the best Star Wars moments of all time. And actually that, um, again. So he's in two scenes. To go back to the Dark Horse comics, there's a, a, a little side series called Vader that Dark Horse put out. Mm. I think it's like six issues. It's a, definitely a limited run. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically Vader crash lands on a planet it, it well no 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 that was vader down that was a different series but there's an old series called vader that just follows darth vader mm-hmm. as he like crushes rebel soldiers and uh-huh. that was it was like watching that series happen where because they because in the movies because of the limitations of the costume they never really had vader do a ton of badass shit in the old movies but in the comics vader's you know he's not a real person you can right. have him using all of his uh, his force powers and right. stuff. So, oh my god, the that la- it's almost the last scene of the movie. But watching Vader like just rip through Rebel soldiers, which sucks because you're like, yeah, Rebel soldiers, they're my favorite. I had some moments where I was like, oh my god, who do I cheer for? Like I was having that weird internal. What did you? Oh, when Vader was doing? No, it actually wasn't that. It was um, it might have been on the um, the planet. Where they um they first land and it's the city where they're going to find um Forrest Whitaker's character. Oh yeah. I yeah, think yeah, it yeah. was when they were um like starship fighting and stuff mm-hmm. there. Okay. I'm not sure why I was having this weird like Well no. Forrest Whitaker's people were I, he has a name, we're just gonna call him Forrest Whitaker. Um <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's people were kind of portrayed as terrorists. They were portrayed as yes. like extremist terrorists. Yeah. So watching them fight the stormtroopers, you're like 
I mean, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Who do you who do you cheer for? The extremists or the the oppressor? It was very timely. Some of the conflicts in this movie. Yes. Um. But one of the things I was just thinking about was this movie. Uh, it felt there was moments where I kind of felt like Blade Runner vibes, where they're just dumping you in a totally immersive world yes. and not explaining anything. Yeah. Um. I, th- I loved walking through the cities. Yeah. Or, through the um city streets of the we got some, sacred city or whatever. We got some cameos. I love looking stuff at all the too. aliens. Oh my god, yeah. The, yeah, the, the guys um, the tarantula the, guy and the gross nose guy. The gross nose guy from Moss Eisley, yeah. Yeah. Um oh but, <laughs> And that was something I was thinking about as we left the theater. Um one of the major criticisms of Force Awakens when it came out was um can you make a movie just based on nostalgia? A lot of people were like, oh, it's shallow. It's just playing on these nostalgia mm-hmm. moments where you're like, oh, look, it's Han Solo. Oh, look, it's the Millennium Falcon. And to to credit that, some of the best moments of Force Awakens are uh, the garbage will do, and they run over to the, the, they reveal that the shitty ship is the Millennium Falcon. And that's right. when everybody freaks out. You see Han Solo and Chewie, and you start crying because you're like, oh my God, it's Han Solo <laughs> and Chewie. It literally was a movie sold on nostalgia, mm-hmm. but- it's not nostalgia in the same way as like like oh look it's oh wow that was a that was a nod to magnum pi star wars shaped american culture for so many people for my father especially for like our parents generation like that i think in some ways star wars kind of defined my dad's life like individual to him but that became that movie those series those original three Mm -hmm. became like the part of the bedrock of everything that went forward so yeah huge part of teenage mutant ninja turtles did not do that so when you make a teenage ninja turtles movie you're making a movie that plays on nostalgia um uh, you know, like street sharks. When people hear, oh my god, or the '90s, or even in a way like the '90s <laughs> X-Men. Okay, there was a line in um, X3, the shitty X-Men, Ooh. where the Juggernaut goes, "I'm the Juggernaut, bitch." That's nostalgia for like a dumb um, web uh, like animation that happened, and they they make some references to like the '90s X-Men cartoon. You know, when you hear shit like that, that's playing on nostalgia. But when it's Star Wars. It's not nostalgia. They're plucking the strings of American mythology. It goes so much deeper than that. Because I realized watching this movie, when I hear the sound of a TIE fighter, it awaken. It like it. It, it awakens. awakens. <laughs> it literally like lights something in me. You know what I mean? It touches. You have a, like a visceral reaction. Yeah, to it's it. not. It's and okay. Nostalgia is like, oh, look at that. That's wow. Oh, oh, they just. Hey, did you catch that? That was a callback to the '90s X-Men cartoon. How is Xavier is always falling out of his chair? No, this was <laughs> like this touched a place that it felt like religion to me. It was like he, I know that sounds weird, but it's like like hearing Tie Fighters scream and hearing that they they used a lot of blaster sounds. Like they got the blaster sounds mm-hmm. exactly right. Hearing those, I was like. These are the these are the like for, part like formative sounds of my personality and of like American society. They were they're not touching on nostalgia. They're touching on something so much deeper with these movies. Seeing a Y wing go in for a bomber run is like, oh man, I, I know it sound it sounds too <laughs> overblown, but I'm a I'm a die I'm a died in the world nerd. I I mean it. It's like watching things that you oh, read I in think, the Bible. I think Star Wars is one of those things. Um, it's like a a cultural contribution mm-hmm. from the United States um, to the world, right? To the world, yeah. like 
Coca-Cola. And they say that's our number one export is our culture. Oh. That, yeah, that's a that's a political thing, but we're not on the um, Yeah, but... Um, you know, like, like Coca-Cola or... Um, Levi's. Santa Claus. You know, like... Our version of Santa Claus, yes. Right, yes. <laughs> yeah, Levi's, um, mm-hmm. McDonald's, you know, those sorts of things. Cadillacs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've in a way, I almost feel. I mean, yes, yeah. Though, like Levi's are definitely more part of like the deep American. That's what I think it is. I think it's the American unconscious. It's not like it's not simple nostalgia, and it's not the collective unconscious of the world. It's the American unconscious from the point that those movies came out in the seventies till now. Seventies, I think that's right. The original yeah. Star Wars came out in 77, 78? I don't I don't know exactly, but anyway, it's definitely the 70s. Anyway, yeah, like when when those movies came out, that was like that left a high like a tide mark oh, in yeah. the American mind and it stayed there forever cuz nothing ever touched it. So now in these days, we we see movies and we're and like And it's in it's in so many other things in society too, like it's touched so many other different aspects of things. Yeah, you oh, can absolutely. find it everywhere. Well, I mean, the thing, one of the things that I think worked in the second, the back half of the movie, once Forrest Whitaker, okay, I'm, really quickly, Forrest Whitaker, Google Forrest Whitaker is one of the most lauded actors of our generation. He's like notoriously this famous, like intense screen presence. Mm-hmm. He was in The Crying Game, actually a movie I, I really liked and he's pretty good in it. He's in like The Last King of Scotland. He's this, he's this serious, great actor who everybody respects. Honestly, t- to be totally honest and maybe controversial, I've never really been blown away by him ever. I think he's okay in a lot of things, and I think he's subpar in most things that he does. I don't, I don't like him as an actor. I don't know. He just makes, he makes weird choices. He's who I want to play, um, Fat Charlie. Fat Charlie for Mm -hmm. Anansi Boys. Now, see, that would be great casting. He that would be really good casting. I think I just think he is always cast in like weird, weird roles that just I don't know. He does. He makes I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to get too down on him, but honestly, I've never been blown away by Forrest Whitaker. Um, I know Adam is. He's more. He knows actors better than I do. So I mean, if anybody has something I should watch where Forrest Whitaker just brings the house down, you know, find us on Facebook or Instagram and let me know and yell at me. Yell at Max. Please. Um, but what? Where, where they really? I think the reason why the back half of the movie works so well is because once they escape, get once they get the message. Once we get through all the convoluted, like, oh, I'm a good guy, but I'm a bad guy. I'm a gray area character Mm -hmm. who I work with the rebellion, but I'm an assassin. And like, oh, I don't want any part of the rebellion. Like, you know, they play the girl very weird. Yeah. Once you get out of all that gray area, there was still a lot of gray area in the back. And they played a lot of like they like the rebellion. Oh, my God. the, The bit where the rebellion gets bogged down in bureaucracy Holy shit, that like hit such a chord for me. I actually wanted to ask about this. When they're talking about the council? Mm-hmm. The alliance. The, the no. rebel alliance. Yeah, when they're talking about either the council or the senate, they're mm-hmm. talking about the senate from the new three, right? Uh, they kind of. The senate is like some sort of collection. Yeah, of- but that would technically be part of the empire. In the original three, when they're making these movies, they. All of the creators have said they're basically pretending like those didn't happen because they are terrible. What it is is the they're calling it the Senate. It's like the governing body of 
the Rebel Alliance. It's not the governing body of the galaxy as a whole. Um, no, I think it is because the Empire is... They they talk about it like... Sorry. Um, like Alderaan. We're like a diplomatic mission from Alderaan. So there are planets that are not associated with the Rebellion. Right? But I think that the Rebellion... I don't know. The... the Part of what fucked up the first episode one, two, and three was they got too deep into that. Mm. And they talked about like treaties and trade agreements and trade embargoes and no one gave a fuck about any of that stuff. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm, I, and it's, they go into it. Timothy Zahn really gets into the, the power, the, um, the like interplanetary government in his books. And the comics kind of hash it out a little bit too. In the movie, I wasn't super clear on it, but I didn't think it was like super important either. What I thought it was, was it is all of these planets make up a coalition called the Alliance, which stands up against the uh, the Empire. And then the Rebellion is like the military facet of the Alliance. Uh, That's how I saw okay. it. The Rebel, it's the okay. Rebel Alliance. That's what okay. I saw, but maybe I'm totally wrong. Again, if somebody has read all the Timothy Zahn books, I only read two of them. So... If someone's read more than me, correct me and tell me what Forrest Whitaker's good in. Um, but once they got out of all of that shit and our, we got, we got the, the touchstones of the Star Wars mythology, the girl had a clear objective and mission. She was driven by something greater than herself against enormous odds. And she was accompanied by a group of people who had made mistakes and fucked rag up. Ragtag Not rebels. necessarily just ragtag, but yeah, rebels, people who are... Sassy robot. Oh, man, but that's what it <laughs> thats what it was for me, you know? Like, what did you love about the first movies was that the Rebellion always had... Their ships look shittier. Mm-hmm. Their ships are always dirty and right. whack-looking, and they don't have uniform uniforms. They have, like, stuff that people were probably knitting on, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> And they're going up against this, like, for all intents and purposes, it's like, you know, space Nazis, but like highly um, organized, highly, highly organized. Yeah. Like everything's pumped out of factories. Every ship's identical. There's no rough edges. The the costumes are, it was kind of nice to see a stormtrooper take multiple shots in this movie and not die immediately. His armor actually (laughs) served a purpose. It protected him from a few shots. Although I would like to point out. All those shots were from another stormtrooper blaster. Anytime a rebel shoots a stormtrooper, <laughs> dead. I don't know what that's all about, but um, uh, I don't know. Like, it's like at the halfway point, it was like breaking through the clouds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And suddenly the way was clear. She is driven. She's gonna at all costs go and get these plans. And these guys, I thought this was interesting too because in this is the first time we've ever seen something that wasn't just good versus evil. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like rebels good, empire bad. The people who came with her were all like political saboteurs. One of our heroes shot a man in the back, shot an ally in the back in one of the opening scenes. He says that some of these men are assassins and a lot of them feel really shitty about a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. they did for the alliance. And the one guy is saying like at what remember at one point he's not even sure that he's fighting for a cause that he believes in right so the rebellion is painted as kind of like in some ways kind of like a dirty shadow organization that's doing like political assassinations and mm-hmm. stuff the rebels are not the clear-cut good guys they're still the good guys but they got their hands dirty in this movie right. i really like that kind of gray area but man once they get through that shield and get onto that planet that's like 35 of the best 
minutes of film <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh my god, watching them go and get those plans and watching the oh, watching oh, Okay, Grand Moff Tarkin though was freaking me out a little bit. The CG faces, I don't know no. how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. Um Grand Moff Tarkin, they didn't they haven't quite nailed it. At fir- when they first showed him mm. um that actor's dead, isn't he? Yep. When they first showed him, I thought they were keeping him in the shadows because um, it was somebody in makeup. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to. And like, they didn't want us to be like, oh, it's a dude. Oh, it's a dude it's not him. It was um, him, though. It was it, just they put his face uh, on another actor. Body. It was <laughs> fucking weird. It was definitely strange. They do it and again. And having at, him right up next yeah. to an actual person was so freaky. It, I think weird. I don't think I would have noticed if they hadn't kept cutting to an actual actor. And cuz they did have him kind of shadowed for a while, but when you see a CG human face and a real human face, the lips don't exactly sync up. There's something weird about the eyes and the Yeah, it was kind of like yeah. I don't know, it was a little bit uncanny valley. It's not it's not as bad as like was, uh, yeah. the Polar Express or anything like oh, that, God. but um Beowulf I don't know. I like Beowulf. I think uh, Beowulf. Yeah, Beowulf's not, not. It's still Uncanny Valley. Not perfect, definitely. but yeah, I don't know. Um, Grand Moff, Grand Moff Tarkin. They, I did like. I was able to catch he's, it. He's what General Tarkin in this movie? No, uh, I don't know. I think it's General Tarkin. General Tarkin. It's he gave him like a weird title. It was. It wasn't like Admiral. It wasn't like ambassador, but it was something like that. Uh-huh. It was like a political title rather than a military one. He's. I think he said it. I, it threw me for a second, but he'll always be Grand Moff Tarkin to me. Uh, but one thing I liked is they. I'm pretty sure they recycled some of his dialogue from A New mm. Hope. He, the bit where he goes, "You may fire when ready." That I've heard that line so many times <laughs> that I'm almost positive that they just took it and put it in here. So do you think they just got somebody to? like mime his voice as closely as possible like an impersonator mm-hmm. yeah probably weird um there is one other cg face in the movie at the mm-hmm. very end um we see princess leia we see carrie fisher did you get uh, anything at all because her line is they gave us it hope. was so weird yeah it was it weird was, and... uh, yeah emotionally very weird kind of sad yeah because you know you're you know she's supposed to be the young Princess Leia, but I was like still expecting the older Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was expecting the General Leia, and I don't know why because I knew it <laughs> the was going to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was hoping they wouldn't show her face. I was hoping oh, she would just turn mm-hmm. and get the plans and deliver the line, and mm-hmm. then the blockade runner takes off. Oh my god! When I saw that fucking blockade runner. <laughs> That the end of that movie is a triumph. Like seriously, the the as soon as um three the three quarter finite like the a quarter of it's convoluted. Everything else is just like a, tr- a resounding Star Wars success. It was so good. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, as soon as we get to that point, the very end, the last I don't know five minutes or so, mm-hmm. um, where Vader gets aboard the Alliance ship, I was like, oh shit. We're gonna go straight into the opening oh, of a new hope. A new hope, uh-huh. and I was so excited to get that, and I'm just a little bit bummed because they could have totally done it. Yeah, but then there would have been overlap between two movies, and that might have been weird. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think they took us as close as they could because, for all intents and purposes, we, we the credits roll five minutes after the credits roll, we are at the beginning of a new hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, so good. Okay. Um, and I knew as soon as 
that whole scene started, I was like, oh my god, I know what they're doing! I know what they're doing! I would like to say the, okay, the rebels at the end of the movie crushed against the door. Oh my god, the door is stuck. The door is stuck. It's open just a little. That, oh my god, that sequence of events. Did you feel like anxious? Because I was I feeling did. very anxious. I mean, you know <laughs> that the plans get to Leia. We right, know what know. happens, but oh my god. Okay, the rebels get the the fucking ship is exploding all around him. It's totally disabled. Vader is has mounted a boarding party. The rebels get the plans in their hands. They run down the, the hallway and a door jams like five inches open. And they're trying to haul it. They're trying to haul oh, it. And the do you lights... think Vader was holding it? With the force? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Maybe. Mm-hmm. The uh, I think it was maybe structural damage because we see him use his force powers on people and the door isn't affected, but he's extremely he's powerful. He's so strong. But okay, the lights go out. And for a second, oh for a second, it becomes not an action movie anymore, not an adventure movie. It is a horror, horror film. film. Yes, and it's the dark. Totally. And all and of a sudden, they just hear, you know, it's like silent. It's silent, and they all turn back and look into the darkness, and you hear, and then, and then, boah, the red <laughs> lightsaber, and he's in the dark, and it, glowing it red, and him, breathing. Yeah. Holy fucking shit! It is one of the most epic moments in cinema history, dude. <laughs> And then, I mean, okay, they're rebels. You gotta love them. But he, the way he fucking tears through them, just casually, like, oh god, deflecting. he's such a badass. When he hit, when he crushes that dude into the ceiling, I was like, holy <laughs> shit! They're not pulling punches. They've just like he just killed a dude, like crushed him into the ceiling. Jelly. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, and he's cut, he's cutting some of them down. And the guy's like, gets his hand. Oh, and he gets he gets the disc through the door. And then you see the lightsaber come through the door because Vader just impaled the dude. Oh my god, I missed it. You missed it? We gotta go see it again right now. (laughs) I'm sure there's a show. The the lightsaber, we cut to the other side of the door and the guy starts running and you see the guy's head go back and a lightsaber come through the fucking door as Vader impales him into the door. It's amazing. Um... Okay, can we back up a little bit and can we talk about that atomic sunrise, sunset scene? Which one was that? With, um... Jin and oh what is his name the main guy and girl yeah 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 beard guy where um not Han Solo okay so that moment when I was sitting next to you and they're walking (laughs) up the ramp in the new spaceship Mm -hmm. and I like elbowed you yeah oh my god she fucking looks like Han Solo she had like the vest on and like the tight pants and the the hip holster i think we talked about this when force when force awakens came out i talked about this um ray at the end of that movie has on uh han the blaster that han gave her in the configuration that he wore it on her hips slung low and she's wearing kind of a han solo-esque outfit um No, see I, what you're doing. I was waiting and waiting and waiting for them to deliver the line because um, the robot, Kay, is uh-huh. always telling him the probability of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, and I not was, exactly. He's, he's always saying, oh, very low probability. Very low. But, I mean, when he says, like, we have a 27% chance of failure, and then he goes, now it's a 30% chance of failure. Um, I'm, I was just begging them to have the guy turn, turn to the robot and say, never tell me the odds. Oh, that is fucking. I mean, yeah. they were. There's no way they weren't setting that up. 
That is exactly the relationship between C-3PO and mm-hmm. Han Solo. C-3PO is always naysaying and talking shit, and finally Han Solo okay, punches it. Okay, I say, it. though, I really liked K. Yeah, me too. K I was great. way more than C-3PO. And again, um, He's and, sassy. and in a similar way. Okay, the, the actor who voiced K, we're mm-hmm. like 90% sure that that is the same actor who plays. It is. It is. Okay, yeah. it's the actor who plays Wash in Firefly. We didn't know until we saw the credits roll, and I was like, wait a second, who did he play? Spoilers for the film Serenity, which is a a film related to Firefly. Wash dies in Serenity. Wash is, by the way... In a similar manner. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's he's everybody's favorite character in Firefly. Like, secretly, you don't realize how much you love him until you see him die in Serenity, and then you're like... Oh, it's finish. not so secret. That scene where he's playing with the dinosaurs on the console of the ship, I'm like, marry me. Yeah, well, you're like, I, when <laughs> when he dies in Serenity, you're like, you're almost, it's almost to the level of like, I can't, why watch the rest of this movie? Wash is dead, who gives a shit? But oh, dude, Serenity ends. When you, I, I want to cry just thinking about Serenity when Mal sits down where Wash normally is and. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, Kay dies in, in Rogue One. Like, just standing at a console doing everything that he can everything in his power well he's a robot so i guess it but he's male programmed acts male um doing everything in his power to help his friends locate the plans to the death star on the other side and he's cross-checking what column it might be in and meanwhile he's shooting one stormtrooper oh and another one comes in and he shoots one oh he took a shot and then he shot a stormtrooper and then we cut away for a while and when we come back He's fighting, he's taking shots from like 20 stormtroopers. He's returning fire and he's doing, he's still like doing everything he can to make sure that they find those fucking plans to the Death Star. That scene where he dies and the light goes out of his little robotic eyes, I was like, oh my God. And I was was... like, but wait, he's not, he's not a person. No, he's a robot. So why am I, you know, why am I having this? Because you became. Reaction? I mean, I know, why did the main character, or why he's not the you. main character? Why did the not Han Solo feel sad? You know, I mean, that was an amazing. I, I we talked about it ages ago, like probably two years ago at this point on the podcast when we were talking about Frank Miller's Three Hundred and mm-hmm. how I have a thing for like people laying down their lives mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for like the greater good. Not just oh, like what yeah. they believe, but like the three hundred in the uh, the comic three hundred and in the historical events it was based on, like three hundred people sacrificed their lives to try and save like um, Sparta. Yeah, this is the it's the same story just being told over and over again. Like forty seven Ronin, right? Forty seven Ronin's the same type of story. Um, lone survivors, the one of the American versions of it, um, but like this watching. Just the, I mean, he's a robot. He doesn't really, you know, he doesn't have a like a light, a, a like a drive to live, like a insane survival instinct. He's he's making you know calculations like, oh, I can hold them off long enough to help my friends find mm-hmm. the thing, and then I will have served my function. But at the same time, it's that like self sacrifice and helping his friends. And when he, I mean, he even locks the door down so that they the people can't get in. Oh my god! I had Kay's that moment the when high, the two um. The two monk type guys. Yes. Oh my god. That was the first time I had tears on my face. <laughs> like they not just welled up, but like ran. I was crying when that when that guy died. That main guy, the blind one. Mm-hmm. He's a famous actor, isn't he? I'm not sure. I, I feel like I recognize him, but 
I don't I feel know like from he's what. a very famous um, martial arts um, okay. actor. Should I look it up? Um, not right now. Okay. But, you know, later for our own edification. Oh. Okay. Our users have smartphones. Our, our, our users. Our, our users. Our listeners have Beep, smartphones as well. But, yeah, that, you know, the, the mantra, the mantra, he says it over and over again. It's like... Um, I am one with the force and the force is with me. I am one with the force and the force is with me. He says it over and over again. And, you know, at first I was like, okay, so these are like weird. They're not exactly Jedi. They're like force adepts, which is something that is introduced in the book series and the comics and they explore more. Like people who are sensitive to the force mm-hmm. and who can mm-hmm. use it but don't have all the like intense, tr- insane Jedi training. Mm-hmm. But when he walks out in all that blaster fire and just walks and is doing his mantra and everybody's missing oh my god like chills and then he turns it off turns and gets like kind of blown up and his friend who we've learned early in the film is also a monk but has kind of lapsed in Mm -hmm. faith i remember at that one point he says it irritates him because he knows it's possible because this other guy was a monk too. He was a protector of the right. temple, but he now he's all jaded and he doesn't give a shit about the force and stuff. And he's played as like tough as nails, but he always takes care of his buddy and his buddy just got blown away and he runs out and he like cradles his I, head in his hands. Oh my God, I love that scene. And there's a quiet moment as his friend, his friend's like, you know, like uh, the, the blind guy who's dying, he says, you know, um, uh, look look to the force and you will always find me there. And then I know I'm gonna fucking cry too. And then there's a they don't just dive right into it. There's like a quiet couple of seconds, and then the big guy says, "I am one with the force, and the force is with me." And he prays with his friend until his friend dies. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm not fucking kidding, people. Um, I'm not kidding. If you haven't seen Rogue One, go and fucking see Rogue One. This movie is so so good. Yeah, maybe we should move on, or we're just gonna keep talking about it. We are. We could do. Uh, I mean, we could do we could do this whole podcast on Rogue One. Like it's, god damn it, it was an incredible film. If you are a Star Wars fan at all, going if you're a if you're a breathing human being, go see this movie. But if you have ever read a book, one of the books, if you've ever gone on a fan site, if you've ever read one of the comics, if you played with the micro machines, if you have any special love for Star Wars in your heart, don't don't miss this fucking movie in theaters. Rogue One is so goddamn good. Um, the, the first 10 minutes is all world building, 15 minutes, whatever. It's all world building. It's all set up. Just make it through that. And this movie pays you back like a hundred thousand times. It's so fucking amazing. Okay. Do you want to move on? Let's move on. Okay. Um, do you want to go to new year's resolutions? If you want to. Yeah, I don't, um, or should I, can I talk really quick about the book I've been reading? Yes. Okay. Um, one of my, we'll get to my the, all the New Year's resolutions, but one of my New Year's resolutions was to read every day. Um, I can't believe we didn't talk about this on the last podcast. It, our, the last podcast was two weeks before the New Year. We probably weren't thinking about it. Um, so, or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, we didn't because we both came up with our New Year's resolutions like right before the New Year. Um, but like, okay, I've been spinning a lot of plates for a really long time, but when Bird, for, when Bird and I first met, I just wanted to be a writer just a writer like i kind of liked poetry a little bit but it was all about fiction all i wanted to write was like fiction and comics i really wanted to write comics um and as we like finished out that fucking dumpster fire bag of dog shit year 2016 i was thinking like i'm spread way too thin i want to just get back to writing just write because that's what makes me really content and happy i go to bed without any stress if i spend the day writing a little so 
one of my New Year's resolutions was to read every day because I noticed that, you know, we were watching a lot of Netflix and, you know, all my favorite writers, Neil Gaiman, Stephen King, um, Grant Morrison, they all talk about like how you can't you can't write well and be a and you know actively like be a writer if you're not if you're not reading if you don't you can't be a writer if you're not a reader right you can't be a writer if you're not a reader and my uh my goal in 2016 was to read one book a month and i did it i read you know i think 13 or 14 books in 2016 but max is a slow reader i'm a slow reader um but since I've started this new thing, this read every day thing, where I just sit down and for an hour a day I read, and sometimes more because reading is I <laughs> I'm like I'm reconnecting with how much I actually enjoy reading for pleasure. It's not just like, you know, I'm not just reading like uh, stuff that's related to projects I'm working on or reading articles about musicians to get me inspired for musicians. I'm reading books. I'm reading like books mm-hmm. for pleasure. Mm-hmm. I read American Gods in five days. Or something like that, which that that book should have taken me a month, you know, given my the la- the way I was reading in 2016. I've already read two pretty thick novels, like so far this year. So I'm reading a lot of shit, and I was, you know, I read American Gods and I've read it before, so I was like, oh wow, what a great book! Neil Gaiman's amazing. What should I read next? And I was like, oh, I bought this book. I was at the bar. We have a great bar in uh, in Bitterford called Elements. It's a uh, beer, coffee. What is it? Coffee, beer, and books. Mm-hmm. It's a cafe. They have like eight beers on tap, all local, all amazing. Um, and they're a bookstore. They're a full bookstore. They've got like sale books. They've got full price books. They've got used books. And last time I was there, I, w- I saw this book by James Elroy that I've kind of wanted to read forever called L.A. Confidential. It's this hard-boiled uh, crime novel that is highly recommended. So I, I picked it up, brought it home. And I was like, when I finished American Gods, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just give this a read. Holy fucking shit. I, I've been reading LA Confidential like a minimum of three hours a day. I have to force myself to stop reading it. I have to like actively put the book away or I will just read it all day. Um, I'm, I don't know. I know you're not like a hard-boiled detective fiction type girl, but I'm it's not. It's really not my thing. I'm not kidding. This is. You know what, though? I love Nancy Drew. This is this is not Nancy Drew. Um, this is. I don't. I mean, I'm. What if, I'm saying is, I don't not like detective stories. If Nancy, yeah, okay. Probably not my thing. I'm not gonna but... talk. I'm not gonna talk you out of it. Like, if you ever decide to pick it up and take a peek, um, L.A. Confidential. If you like detective stories, they made a movie out of it with um, Russell Crowe, Kevin Spacey, and Guy Pearce back in the '80s. But uh, and the movie is apparently pretty good. It's like must watch for anybody who likes film noir. But this book is this book has like given me hope that I am truly a a reader for reader for pleasure type person. Sometimes I'm I feel when I'm reading, you know, I I read some Nathaniel West stuff recently, a couple of his books, and it was like oh, I don't want to read this. I haven't been able to get into any books lately. Yeah, it and it's not like I'm. A person who doesn't like reading i love reading i used mm. to be the biggest bookworm but i just lately i can't find anything that holds my attention what was the last one that you like blazed through that you really loved i can't fucking remember i remember it was monstrous regiment you read it in oh. one day you read a terry a whole terry pratchett novel in like 10 hours or something like that um uh, i guess that's i really am just a fantasy reader 
So yeah, I've been kind of thinking because you you've been trying to read that um, Caped Crusade. Yeah, you've been trying to read like that, and it's really interesting, but it's dense. And you've been so trying to read. Like, what's the one you're reading right now? Uh, how, to, how to build a girl. And you're not. It's not um, grabbing. It's you. it's a really quick read so far, but once I stop reading, there are things in it that I find problematic. Mm. Um. Not thematically or anything like that, but um, structurally. Okay. How do you mean? Um, like the uh, the narrator, this main character, is supposed to be a 14-year-old girl, mm. but the voice doesn't sound like a 14-year-old girl. Sounds and she like knows a... things that a 14-year-old girl wouldn't know, and she seems to know things um, in the current time where the book is set and we're traveling through it with her. She knows um, about the future. And also things that are ha- that happen in the future. And it just, that bothers me. Mm. And I really, I really don't like the, the like knowledgeable, precocious teenager or youngster. Like Juno? Thing. Yeah, I just, I can't stand that. What is it about that that you don't like? It's not realistic. Okay. Because, um, I mean, the characters like that. Especially Juno was held up as like I mean now of oh course. Oh my god, that movie was. So we'll dive. Stupid. We'll dive really quick into this in a second, but and I'll <laughs> okay. I'll even like watch the time so we don't talk I, about it. For too I long. was getting my phone out. Okay, so get your timer ready because we're about to dive into oh, it. Oh, we're but, doing um, it right not now. Not right now. Okay. Not, I'll in like thirty seconds. I just have okay. to segue towards it. But okay, so. Juno, when it first came out, everyone was like, wow, this movie's great for feminists and feminism because it's got a independent, strong female character. Yeah, and she's like going to keep the baby and she says no to the creepy guy and she's like... Well, I mean, yeah, that's... that's and she is exactly what you said. She's precocious. She's tough. She swears. She's smart. But now, a days, um, in this weird wasteland of like hardcore liberalism okay like i've said it before i'll say it again i'm a liberal i'm absolutely a liberal i'm really i have some extremely liberal groovy hippie opinions but i don't know if anybody's been anybody's been watching the the like far far left the this weird what would you call it this weird i don't know environment that is like forming around it. This it's like a gross petri dish. It's like the You're just growing mold. I used to talk about PC culture and how I didn't like PC culture. This is this is PC culture on steroids to the like millionth degree. And we'll let's start your timer. We'll do five minutes. Okay. We'll do five, five minutes, minutes and then we'll get off of it. Um, Go, Bird. You ran into something today. Okay. So I am part of this super cool group on facebook i really enjoy it i love the conversations that happen there um (laughs) i love you telling me about the conversations that happen there they're really funny it's it's a group of women um and it seems to be mostly 20 30 something liberal females um feminists all feminists yep um and we just talk about like gross things gross (laughs) body things um sex sexuality that sort of thing um it's a place to kind of cut loose right right and kind of shed that i'm a i'm a girl clean scrubbed girl right yeah (laughs) um and i don't want to take away from that group at all because i really really i do like it Mm -hmm. but um 
everything, every post in there seems lately, um, I just joined it. So I don't know if this has been going on forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Given this, what you're about to talk about has been going on for like three, three to five years. I will talk about it outside of this group. Yes, this is just a, um, yeah. This is just a symptom right. of this. Um, mm. But every single post in there tends to get tagged with CW or content warning. Right. Um, for Other whatever people might know it by, by trigger, trigger warning. warning. It's the same um, idea. And it's things as absurd as like... What was the one from today? That blew my fucking mind. Go ahead. Um, what was the one from today? The um, weight loss. Someone was... Oh, someone... okay. So somebody posted in there suggestions about losing weight because of um her birth control that she's on has yeah, caused I, her to gain weight. i got a little bit overweight um, how, i'm looking to lose some of the weight how can i do it and of course being me like this is something i'm super a bunch passionate of people about commented. well yeah and yeah. so like that's how i got into it because right. i love that um she she wanted to know um i can't I can't join a gym right now because I don't have a lot of money. Sure. Um, and I don't want to walk around my neighborhood because it's kind of sketch. Right. What are some like stuff you at can do at home, home workout routines I can do? So of course, like I posted on there, and um, later I was going through and reading the comments, seeing other, other things that yeah, things that other people posted, and you know, liking and saying oh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody posted in there, can this get tagged CW? weight loss or whatever because i i don't want to be that person but whatever yeah content warning for weight loss and i was just like are you fucking shitting me this isn't like this isn't a graphic details about somebody's eating disorder and struggling to get through it i i can understand it's not about self-harm depression suicide i don't support right the big one for me i think it started with uh descriptions of sexual assault that was the first those are the first trigger warnings i remember i have said i i've this has always been my stance and will always be my stance i am against trigger warnings a hundred percent unequivocally. I know that's a lot of people disagree with me and feel that there it's a good way for people who are struggling with these issues to, you know, um, to avoid content that will upset them. But this falls under the same idea of safe spaces to me. Like the world that it, you you're building a weird world. Anyway, I'm I'm against I'm absolutely against trigger warnings, and this is a, a good example of why. Like. Oh, you've mentioned weight loss and I'm so fragile. I just can't handle it broke thinking my... about I see it what? on I see it on Facebook all the time where people are like I was I was telling Bird on the way back from the theater. Um I saw a post on Facebook about 2 months ago. Someone was like, I was out at a bar and a guy came up to me and was like, "Hey, can I buy you a drink?" Uh, this is my my friend's post said this. Um uh, a guy came up to me at the bar. I was there with a friend or someone I thought was a friend. And a, a, a stranger I didn't know. You can see it in a second. A stranger okay. I didn't know came up to me at the bar and said, Hey, um, you know, I find you really attractive. Can I buy you a drink? And then 10 minutes later, I was out in the alley and I was vomiting in a full-on panic attack, having flashbacks to my sexual assault. I, I don't know the details of her sexual assault, but she went to a right, bar. It's not for us to know. She right. went to a bar with a friend and a guy came over and was like, hi, can I buy you a drink? And she went into like full on panic. She had a full panic attack and like left the bar and was vomiting and was terrified and shaking. And her friend was like, um, her, her post wasn't about the guy at the bar. It was about her friend and how her friend had like betrayed her 
completely because her friend came out and was like, I don't understand what happened just now. Like, I don't, I don't understand. I know it's oh, five minutes. That's okay. five minutes. Let me finish this and we'll get off of it. Um, her friend was like, I don't understand what happened. Like, uh, that wasn't that, that wasn't that big a deal. Like you're going through something, but I don't get it. And she's like, I just didn't understand how my friend wouldn't understand how I, so I blacked out and I woke up at my home and luckily three of my other friends had like, ca- like carried her back to her house and like put her in a bath and people, if you're being triggered that fucking hard by like, by something that innocuous, common and normal, common and innocuous. Okay. Like, yeah, you can talk about male gaze. Yeah. You can talk about like, um, cat calling and men being vocal with women and predatory. A guy asking to buy you a drink, just say no. Just like, if, if that's triggering you to that extent, you need to be on like, there's something very wrong. You need to seek you need to, serious you need to, help. Yeah, you need you to probably make need many, to many, many adjustments. A therapist. Um, and like from the weight loss thing, when I heard that, I was like, there are people out there who are being, it's not even triggering anymore. It's just like, I don't know. I heard about weight loss and I got kind of upset. Can you put a content warning so I don't have to read about, you know, fat people because I feel fat and I don't want to feel fat. Like... What the fuck? Okay, we're getting off of it. We're off of it. We said five minutes. That's our thing about content warnings. Oh my god. Um, someday, someday. They I'm certainly g- have a place, but they are being way, 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 way overused. I'm gonna call it toxic liberalism. That's gonna be sure. my my tentative phrase for it. Like the piece, the PC thing where everyone has to get their own specific to them label. Oh fucking. <laughs> Don't get me started. That's a five minutes for that. <sighs> no. Um, okay, but I yeah. To think about it. it. Makes me so mad. It's getting it's getting to a point where we can no longer even discourse with each Everything other. Everything is so fractured and so it needs its own box. I need my own safe space that you can't mm. connect with people anymore. People are people are so fragile you can't and say easy. anything. I agree. I absolutely agree. That is a great way to put it. You can't even you can't even talk to people anymore. It's impossible to have a conversation. It's impossible to connect with somebody because everybody is so fragile and so afraid. But that's not what we're talking about. We're, we were talking about LA Confidential. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel really good about it because it gets me. That was an abrupt shift. Yeah, I didn't. I could not. It's hard to Whoa. segue out of that fucking toxic <laughs> cesspool of, of anger we're that back, we just folks. dove into. Um, <laughs> but I really would like to find a book that you get into and get jacked up and excited about so that we can maybe read the same book and share and talk about it. Um, oh my God, we can do a secret underground book club. We, yes. oh, wrong, wrong hand. hand. Uh, we used to do it with comics. We would read yeah. the same comics and talk about them on the podcast. I always loved that. Um, I'm trying to read a bunch of fiction right now. And you know what? It feels great. To, I, I told you the other day, the last book I read that made me feel this good just to sit and read it was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the fourth Harry Potter book. I, I read the ones after that. I just kind of didn't get into them as much. I read them more dutifully. The, but the Goblet of Fire, that huge fucking book, and me as slow a reader as I am, I read it in one day. Um, granted, I started reading at like 6, and I probably stopped reading at like 6 a.m. the next morning. You know, I probably read 24 hours straight and just burned my eyes out. <laughs> but, like, I read through a migraine to finish that book. It was so good. Um, what you doing with the incense there, boo? Oh, I see. You're lighting. Sorry, I really wanted to light this candle, and I'm just, I am. 
having problems. That's fine. That candle burned itself out the other day. I don't know how much it's got left. On I know. It. I just want it to be done. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it feels really, really good to want to read and to enjoy reading this much. Um, I think in a lot of ways, college fucked up how I felt about reading. Because everything, oh my god, everything you read was an assignment. There was a deadline. You had to finish reading it. You had to think critically and respond to it. Um, so yeah, college kind of. I, I told my parents. I think that candle's dead. Honestly, babe. Okay, leave me alone. Um, uh, I told Do my parents that I think. I need to see space. Oh god, content warning: dead candles. Um, but no. college <laughs> actually does sound kind of upsetting. Like it could be. Like could <laughs> so be. Yeah, it could be like a vaguely upsetting thing. A bunch of candles just lying around on top of each other. Limbs, wicks all splayed open. Um, shouldn't have said splayed. That's probably a trigger word. Jesus, I can't be that mean. I'm sorry. I'm going to get off of it. I don't, I'm not, I'm not belittling anybody. I promise. I'm just, oh I'm fed God. up and I'm being snarky. I don't mean to. Um, but yeah, I think college in a lot of ways like fucked up how I think about writing. Because writing, yeah. writing. You don't get to write for not write for pleasure, but you know what I mean. You're not right. Yeah, you're writing like under strict guidelines for people under deadline. I do like writing. I, actually, no. The way I just said that, I actually enjoy that a lot. Writing under strict guidelines for people. I actually enjoy that a lot. Um, it was just like, it was all the papers. I just got sick of the papers. But yeah, LA Confidential. If you like hard boiled crime fiction, James Alroy basically invented, when you think in your head, um, detective fiction, hard-boiled crime writing. James Alroy invented that style of writing, that super clipped, um, sort of staccato. It, it sounds like like telegrams, you know, like girl walked, uh, you know, like um, girl down the street. Girl walked into the bar. Well, it's like girl, um, you know, open the door. Girl inside, nothing on but the radio. Like that sort of thing. Oh, like what Frank Miller does in Sin City? Yeah, that is pure. Yes. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say Frank Miller is a James Elroy fan. Um, and I actually learned how he came up with that. He didn't, it wasn't a conscious artistic choice, uh, mm -hmm. James Elroy's writing style. Hmm. The book was originally 100 pages longer than it is. And his editor was like, Hey, you gotta cut. Uh, you gotta cut a, over a hundred pages of uh, L.A. Confidential if we're gonna publish it. So maybe you should cut out some of the. It's a. It, there's a ton of subplots and like small, small underplots mm -hmm. and understories. He's like, you probably have to cut a couple characters, get rid of some subplots. And James Harrow was like, "Fuck you." Fuck you. So he just went through every single sentence of the book and cut out all of the unnecessary words. <laughs> Brit's spitting her tea back into her mug. Um, but no, that that is. So it's a Beverly Mathern book. What? I don't understand. Beverly Mathern used to yell at me for putting like a and the and quote unquote oh, unnecessary. I remember words when you would poetry. write poetry, but you'd write it in like complete sentences. And she was like, where's the artifice? There's no artifice. Oh, Beverly Mathern was such a great teacher. Not as great as Austin Hummel, but only by like a quarter of a degree less. They're both amazing poets. I love both professors equally. I love Austin Hummel a little bit more, <laughs> but just a touch more. He's amazing. Um, but yeah. We've been to both of their homes. That's funny. We ha Have you been to Austin Hummel's house? Yeah, we sat on his porch. Oh, right. I had breakfast with him and his family one time, oh. which was so much cooler than just sitting on this porch. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so James Elroy went through the book um, line by line and cut out 
um, a lot of times he replaced like connecting words with dashes, and he it become it became that That's like clipped hard boiled staccato style. But he was just doing it so he wouldn't have to cut subplots, and he could leave his novel like this complex, brilliant masterwork. And it truly is a masterwork. L.A. Confidential is very, very good. Um, do you want to talk about your New Year's rev- resolutions? I already talked a my little New bit. New Year's about my, revolutions. Your revolutions. <laughs> um, uh, sure. Yeah. What are what you have a bunch of them? You have a huge list. Let me get my list. All right. Well, when you as you open your list, here are my two: okay. read every day, write write seriously, minimum of a thousand words, preferably two thousand words. Seriously, <laughs> write seriously, um, but seriously write five days a week. I like it. All my other projects, all my other fucking projects that are I've been like pimping and floating and all that stuff, all that I'll still get it all done, but it's all on the back burner. I have my career is not going to be doing all of these little side projects. My career is going to be writing awesome shit and getting it published. Awesome shit. <clears throat> so yeah, write five days a week, and not just like oh I wrote a couple of words and I'm gonna watch Netflix. Write oh, like fucking <laughs> fucking write seriously five days a week. Write like I'm like it's my job because it fucking you know what it is my job. Writing it is your job. Writing is my job. I just go to Staples sometimes because I like the smell of paper. Um, you do though. I think you have a sickness. <laughs> I actually do like the smell of paper. Every time I go to Michael's, before I even look for Bird, I go to the paper aisle and hope that she's there. And then I touch all of the sketchbooks. Anyway, go ahead. What are your New okay. Year's resolutions? Um, a lot of them are sort of related. They're just um, super specific aspects of things right so like it's basically like art um being an adult adulting Mm -hmm. those are kind of my two big categories clouds yes right um so my big one i even put little stars on it um is i want to finish the graphic novel this year right um Unfortunately, uh, when I made this resolution, I wasn't thinking about not being able to do the lettering right away. Right. So that is going to pose some problems. But um, finish the graphic novel, and that means I have to do two pages a week. Right. And so the first first week of January <laughs> has passed. Um, can we get those two pages up on the website? Can we show our our listeners how those two pages went? Well, seeing as I was shitting my guts out. That's true. You uh, no. you did. Get, yeah. Um, <laughs> you and it's it really is not Bird's fault. She was she was so wiped out. Like even when she was better, she was kind of shuffling around and very weak. I think you didn't eat for a period of almost like 30, 30 or forty hours. Yeah, I just didn't. I had no appetite. It was really, yeah, that was, that was rough. Um, but no, that's one of the things. As soon as we're done with this podcast, uh, we're clearing we're off the art. table and we're doing art. Ooh, Bird ooh, is going to start cranking on a page. Um, post to Instagram at least one picture a day. That's sort of like to drum Network up interest and, yeah. and that sort of thing mm. art-wise. Um, blog regularly. Mm. Um, let's see. Other stuff. Um Get art into more galleries. Right. Get more. You get it um, in one right now. Yes. Oh, do you want to correct the date, by the way? We I don't haven't... know. I don't know when the real date is. Um, oh. The Kickflip show is not the first through the 16th of February. That was apparently the call for artists. Right. That's like uh, what the submission period, except for you got yours early. I don't know. It's fine. Okay. Anyway, yeah. so it's sometime in March. Get into more galleries. You did I... reach out to a comic book shop called The Complex? The Complex. I think they're in Sanford. No, Sanford's the other way. They're just outside of Saco. Sanford is where the witch shop was. All right? 
I'm pretty sure it's Sanford. Really? Because Ben and his girlfriend live in Sanford, and Sanford is past Walmart up that road. So, like, the exact I opposite it was direction. sort of northwest of us. Interesting. Okay. Well, I don't know. Okay. It's in South Portland, maybe. I don't know where anywhere but Biddeford and Saco is. I know. And Portland. But anywhere in between? No idea. Um. So, whatever. South yeah. Portland, maybe. Okay. A comic um, book shop. Another one. So, get... um. Get more art out on consignment, not commission. <laughs> You're learning. <laughs> and um, try and get in some shows as well. And I think um, I was talking to a guy that goes to our gym, Shay. Um, I think I'm going to try and do the Biddeford Sacco Art Walk um, a couple of months this year. It's, when is that? I think it is the last Friday of every month. There's an art walk, which is basically people just get drunk and go to different galleries um but whoever wants to with permission from engine which is like a an art do they run group the, the thing? yeah they run the, the art walk okay um you can set up a table around town and just sell your stuff so i thought that would be a super super awesome way to um to do that so i might actually have to look into getting a square as well if we're gonna do that a square Square, so you can process debit or credit cards. Oh, a square reader. We sell yeah. them at Staples, and we can use my employee discount. Sweet. <laughs> um, so there is that one. Mm-hmm. Um, set up my store on my website. Right. You've got stuff to sell. I like, have we'd... stuff. I just need to post it, I guess. Yeah. So maybe I'll work on that tonight if your computer is you're free behind on pages. You I know, got, I know. Don't I know. don't let yourself get sidetracked. This um, is why I eliminated all my side projects. Um, do art daily, do just a general blanket. Yeah. Thing. Have you been? Uh, you've been sick, but since I've you've been better, been very good about any of these. Okay. To be completely honest. Well, that's okay. We're now accountable um, week by week to all of our listeners, since you're no longer shitting out both ends. Yay. <laughs> um, and then. My, like, adulting things are, like, health and budgeting things. Do, do I want to go into those? Yeah, it's like stick to our budget, lift every uh, day. Yeah, drink 64 uh, plus ounces of water daily. Um, grow spiritually. Yeah, um, I'm into that one, too. Be on time. <laughs> uh, build a budget and stick to it. Yep. Um, Not January, though. And get my diet back on track. We got some Christmas presents to buy in January, so fuck the budget in January. February 1st it starts, except we got a big trip in February. And probably a symphony orchestra in March. Anyway. Anyway. um, Have we done any other pop culture-y stuff lately that we can talk about? Heck yeah, we have. We have? What what did we... Yeah, we just started watching Star Trek The Next Generation on Netflix. all on Netflix. Every, as far as I know, every Star Trek... He's still my beating heart. Every Star Trek series (laughs) is on Netflix, all Mm. the episodes. So I I asked Britt if she wanted to start at the beginning and go straight through. But no, we started with... uh, Nope. We started with man. the next generation, Jean-Luc Picard. What do you think of it? We watched the first three episodes back to back to back the other night. Um, what did you think of that? Jean-Luc is different than I remember him in the um, early bit. Yeah, I think it's just the the new season of a show kind of starting up and finding its groove. Yeah, Picard is a dick in the first three episodes, <laughs> at least so far. He's like kind of shitty. Aww. He is, though. I'm not wrong. I know. I know. You're totally right. Um, He's like yelling at he's kids all the gruff. time. Very gruff. Yeah, he softens in the later seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, right now, and oh man, his number one, Riker. Riker mm-hmm. looks so young without a beard. So young. He's clean shaven. He well, looks like he's like nineteen. Is really young. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't realize how they're they're all there right at the beginning. Um, like Jordy LaForge is there. Mm-hmm. Um, Riker's there. Worf is there. Mm-hmm. Diana Troy is there. Um, does Lieutenant Yar make it through? Because I didn't remember. I her. don't remember Lieutenant Yar. And you know what? There is a character who's not there and yet. Whoopi, curly haired guy. Whoopi Goldberg is in the Next Generation. I just can't remember what season they introduce her. She's I like some remember. weird. I, I know she's like a weird. Um, she's some like really strange character who shows up. But anyway, that's. Um, yeah. So we started watching the Next Generation. Star uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, we. What's the nurse's name? It's not Bones. It's no, not it's McCoy. Not it's uh, it's the um, woman. Yeah, the redhead, uh, uh, Crusher. Uh, Doctor Crusher. Doctor Crusher. Um, I have a crush on Doctor Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I don't like Wesley. I mean, it's not his fault. Oh, he's a he's a brat. brat. But it's not his fault. It's just how they write him. Um, we are almost done with Stranger Things. We have one episode to go, and we're I just. Don't- finish it bird yeah bird won't let us watch this the um season one finale because then it'll be over <laughs> and we won't have anything else to watch star we trek the next generation i mean we won't be able to continue that series we'll like have hit a dead end they're season two's happening they're already filming i think i'm sure it's already on tv we just can't watch it no it's a netflix original it debuts on netflix all right so as soon as we season as soon as season two is out no, I mean we should finish Stranger Things. What do okay, you fine. talk about it? Talk about Stranger Things. What about it? Is, um, is how it good? I'm so do we glad like it? Yeah, so we like it. Um, <laughs> we were like, did I start it by myself? I think I did, and then I was like, oh, I have to start no, watching this. We started it together because I felt so, like I watched no, the first episode, and bunch... then I was like, I have to. Was it did that? Watch I because with... then you didn't tell me about that because I thought oh. we started it together. A bunch of people. Maybe recommended it to us like a ton of people were like you gotta watch stranger things i was like okay i'll check it out they i wasn't even alive in the 80s and i can tell how perfectly they're getting the 80s the 80s they've got it like down to a to a t in eight t's um i I love winona Ryder. yeah she is really good in it i even noticed um in one of the episodes and then looked it up and i i told you when i first noticed it they're they in you know, some of the shots, some of the like spookier night shots and horror shots, they um put they got blank film and got the film grain from eighties mm-hmm. like the the type of film that was used in eighties um pictures and then mm-hmm. put it into the shots. Right. So like it, even the film grain that they're using is accurate to the to the eighties era. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we stopped watching Penny Dreadful. Why? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Did we get bored with it? Or no. have we just not thought of it? I think we just haven't thought we're about so, it. We're so... Um, <clears throat> we stopped watching um, American Horror Story. We're in Circus right now. Yeah. It just... Um, it the last episode we watched, like, I was really upset. Yeah, it's... At the end of it. It's kind of weird. Like, we watched one seasons one, two, and three, basically just like full on binge plowed through it, and then we started this season, circus. It just not really hit for me. Yeah, I heard Hotel is really good. <laughs> Rob loved Hotel, um, which is on Netflix. But season, yeah, season four. I'm gonna if I'm 
if I'm giving it like a hit or a miss, it's a definite miss for me. We've kind of been struggling through it. It's like watching Twin Peaks. You watch mm. one episode, you don't watch it for three months, then you watch one episode. Um, the new Twin Peaks just aired yesterday. Did it? I think so. On like actual TV. So mm-hmm. we have a long wait until it hits Netflix. But yes. I uh, Is the new season of X-Files on Netflix yet? I don't think so. Hmm. Because we, yeah, that was one, that was a big accomplishment, watching all of X-Files. That was a slog. <sighs> Finally making it. All right, I've run out of things to talk about. How are you doing? I'm good. I want another devil dog. <laughs> another devil dog? Do you want to go eat snack cakes and do art? Yes. All right, fuck yeah, let's okay. do it. Okay, so that, we did it. We podcasted. Um Woo-hoo. So next week, we're going to talk about Rogue One for a full hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> and cry a couple more times oh. on mic. Um, <laughs> all right. So I guess that's it, right? I think so. I'm done. You're done. We're all done. So for Chatman and Robin, uh, that's all. That's all for this week. For How do I go out? How do we go out? I'm stuck. Oh, my God. We're trapped in this I podcast. I think that I was can't. fine. What was wrong I with that? I can't exit it. I don't know what to do. Uh, for, for Chatman and Robin this week, I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. Holy podcast, Chatman.